to Let's Chit Chat Sis. I'm Kimmy. And I'm Chauncey. In this week's episode, we're having a conversation with our Caucasian sister. So stay tuned. Let's Chit Chat Sis. Um, we are so honored to have you all with us today. And we are honored to have um, a dear friend of mine uh, who happens to also be my sister-in-law. Um, to help us with the topic of having conversations, honest uh, dialogue and conversation with our Caucasian sisters. And so um, we've invited Paula here with us today. And what she's going to do is basically, you know, share some of her experiences and um, so that we can have a pretty good, open, honest conversation about how we feel or what we've seen and um, how we've reacted to some of what we've seen and where our responsibilities lie mm -hmm. just in, in, in everyday life. Mm -hmm. And so, um, Paula, I thank you so much for taking the time. Paula is on the West Coast and Kimmy and I are on the East Coast. So as you can see with different time frames and time zones, um, we're trying to make this work as best as best we can. So, um, Paula, thank you so much for coming. Would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? Of course. Yes. Hi, everyone. My name is Paula. I'm from Orange County, California. And I, a little bit about myself, I just got married two weeks ago. So I'm Yay. super excited Yay. to Congratulations. my life. Yes. <laughs> um, he happens to be a black man. So I am in an interracial relationship. Mm -hmm. um, we have a blended family. Mm -hmm. um, I have two teens. And we have three adult children and a couple of grandchildren. So my family is, is everything to me. Um, Secondary to my family, um, I'm very passionate about my career. I've been in human resources for 25 years, and I'm really um, focused on equality in the workplace. I have a personal passion about teaching people about the laws and making sure that everybody is um, understands their rights. Mm -hmm. um, so that we can all work our life's purpose. Right. I don't want anyone to be held back. So right. it's, um, it's my personal plight to educate people and support them and, and just listen to them. Mm -hmm. That is great. I mean, it's, it's pretty funny, Paula, that um, this was not even planned to um, have someone with your expertise. We just knew that you were the perfect person to have this type of conversation with. Um, because we consider you our sister. I grew up with Chauncey, Eric, you know, we were um, porch mates, you know. But <laughs> so now you gotta, you gotta come sit on the porch with us, okay. <laughs> so you're, you're our sister too. And um, with your human resource background, I'm sure you have um, a lot of experience in seeing the, um, I'll say the inequities that uh, women of color men of color have experienced and you know that's why we wanted to have this conversation today and mostly because I think that communication and understanding is the message that we want to share you know we can sit here all day because we are blended together we show love to each other we show respect so it's easy for us but we want to show everybody else how it's done and right. lead by example is um just like we do with our children, we lead by example. I think this episode is going to be a perfect segue for many people to be able to um, start to lead by example. So I just want to give you um, 
the opportunity, Paula, to give us some examples, you know, that you have experienced um, in the workplace or in your daily life that you would like to share with us. Yes, absolutely. I have a couple of experiences with my first job. It actually happened with my first position, and I was introduced to a couple of people, um, and they were black ladies, they happened to be black ladies, that had not had an opportunity to advance. And I was very naive back then to the ways of the world. I was pretty naive to um, inequities in general. Mm -hmm. And so, but what I did know was that these ladies were amazing in every way. And I was quite shocked that they said that they hadn't been able to get an opportunity to an interview for the next level of a position. And so I, you know, coming in as the recruiter, I was hired in as the recruiter, um, I introduced them to, to various managers and opened some doors for them. Wow. And um, one of the, my um, the employees, she was just blown away when she got her dream job. And she got it on her own. She was amazing. And like I said, her, you know, in every way. And her skill set was right on the mark. She just needed a little bit of, a, of an introduction and for people to really um, be open to interviewing her and her uh, considering her for the position. Yeah. This woman was so grateful. She baked me, stayed up all night long and made a peach cobbler for me. And I, it was the first time I'd ever had that too. And it, I, I was touched. Mm-hmm. It, it meant the world to me. And I thought, wow, I want to continue this career to be able to support everybody because why wouldn't I? She's a good person. It's a win-win for all. Mm-hmm. Why was she, you know, and then I thought, why is she held back? Mm-hmm. Um, at that same job, there was a there was an HR administrator at that same company mm-hmm. that taught me everything I know, and uh, she was amazing. Um, I, As I was working there for a while, uh, I ended up getting um, opportunities that she didn't get, mm-hmm. and I questioned that. I thought, that just doesn't seem right that she has all of this experience she basically taught me everything I know and now I'm getting this opportunity and she's not what made me really question it was that she was I just thought I thought the world of her and so I didn't really feel worthy and when I asked the question I was told a couple things one of them was education I did have an education she did not but in my mind you know, I was a little, con- you know, that didn't really make a whole lot of sense. Okay. The other piece of it was professionalism. Okay. Mm. So when they told you professionalism, you had already stated that you felt like she was very professional. So from looking at her, when they said professionalism, what did you take that to mean? I took that to mean the color of her skin because she dressed professionally. Mm-hmm. She was... Uh, I, she, she taught me about professionalism. I was new in my career. And she taught me how to use discretion and how to talk to this manager and that manager. And um, So I was a little bit confused. The only thing I could think about was perhaps the color of her skin. Okay. Um, she also had, you know, she had braids. Braids. And I, you know, at that time I was pretty naive. So I didn't, I, I wasn't really aware of that that was an actual thing, and I, I couldn't see that she wasn't professional. So, and so that was the only thing I could think of. Okay, so to, to give everyone context, um, Paula and I are the same age. So Paula's 50, and I'm 50. 
And I'm 52. And Kimmy's 52. <laughs> and so, therefore, when Paul is saying that she was young in her career, so you're talking about, you were about 25. Is that about right? I was younger, actually. I was about 23. So, yes. 23. So, when we put that in context, that means we're talking 1993. So, that would be the year that she and I were 23 years old. So, in 1993, she gets hired at a company, which means she's straight out of college. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. And so, yes. about how long had this woman been at the company? This woman had been at the company for, like, I, I want to say about ten, at least 10 years. So, and she had years. experience prior to that at other companies okay. in this field. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and so you took it, when you heard professionalism, you took it to mean the color of her skin. And um, you did notice that she had braids. But I guess what I'm saying to you, being that it was 1993, that still put you ahead of the game. Yes. What was it that made the little hairs on the back of your neck or on your <laughs> arm stand up to say, no, I don't think this is right, because that's not everybody, Paula. I mean, in all honesty, that, that would not be everybody. It would not. Um, well, here's the deal. I just felt like, couldn't in good conscience because I was going to her for things and I still wanted to be able to go to her to ask questions. She was my, I looked at her as my mentor. Right. And now it just felt, it just felt, um, disingenuous, I guess is the word. Right. I mean, yes. I didn't feel like it was, it was right. Yeah. Right. It, it, I didn't feel like it was right. Right. So now the student was becoming the teacher, even though you knew the teacher still knew more than you. A hundred and ten percent. Okay. And this teacher was a single mom, working her tail off, wow. raising these kids and doing. And here I was. I didn't have. I had no expense. I had myself and my cat. <laughs> 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 That's it. Yeah. So yeah. No. I mean, and and kudos to you because, like I said, I just gave a whole time period and a time frame, and so. Um, it wasn't the hot button issue that it is right now, and everyone wasn't talking about it then. Mm -hmm. Not that we didn't know about it, because we've been taught about, you know, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the terminology, the black tax. But, you know, so the black tax is that, you know, it's almost like the talk mm -hmm. that you have with, we have to have with our kids. Mm -hmm. In preparation, when it comes to the workplace and it comes to your professional life or where you work or your career, we have to work twice as hard to be considered half as good. Yeah. Yes, I can see that. And I just being in human resources, I know the statistics as far as the, the pay. Let's take the, you know, the pay. Right. And there is the Equal Pay Act that came out in 1963, but yet we're not following it. No. Even, you know, white women are making 80 cents to the dollar of the white male, and black women are making 63 cents to the dollar. Wow. Uh, the, the other interesting statistic that I pulled that really kind of, you know, hits me in a, in a really bad way is that professional black women, I'm talking about engineers, lawyers, doctors, um, are earning $70,000 compared to their white male counterparts are earning $110,000. Wow. That's $40,000 per year less for the same qualifications in the same job. In the same job. And that is an entire another income. That's a whole right. income. $40,000. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a whole other income from somebody else. 
living here on the East Coast, that's forty thousand dollars. Yeah, that's a whole other income. And that's the, a whole the, lot of money, and that's the, that's taken from SHRM, which is the Society for Human Resources Management, so it's very credible. Right. Um, I also teach employment law, by the way, because I am so passionate about this stuff, so I'll throw in a few stats, and that just comes naturally to me, because I am a teacher. Okay, awesome. You know, I, I'm glad that you, you strike a lot of um, really important um, points, Paula, because I think that the audience will really appreciate that you give really um good information but statistical information you know facts are um overwhelmingly important you know it can't you can't fight a fact you know what i mean you can you can give your opinion but a fact is a fact um black women are considered the most educated group yes and we are still really if you want to say at the bottom of the food chain and when we talk about um, professionalism, we're really talking about appearances. This is these are code words to um, single you out, to discriminate against you, to um, alienate you from giving you your due entitlement, um, to give you what you have worked hard for. And I appreciate you giving us this information. Um, when um, Chauncey, you talked about going back to 1993. We know that was happening way before then. Right. That's, you know, that's it's just a hot button now because, right. you know, it's boiling over. You right. know, and, you know, like, hell, I'm tired of this shit. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> you know, I'm just done. You know, but, I'm tired of it. And it's been happening all along. Yeah. And so the thing is learning how to, you know, advocate for yourself learning how to find allies mm -hmm. um and so what i'm appreciative of is um even though this is past but you sharing the story with right. us basically what you're saying is from you know from the beginning you've been in our corner right you know what i mean without people ever even knowing it and so because you were coming from a genuine place and you saw you experienced and you and you witnessed something from from a real place mm -hmm. then God knows our heart and so he knew your heart and so then therefore you started to become passionate about helping people regardless of who they are and making sure that um, they get the exposure that they need to move up so then the rest will, will be on them but at least I know meaning you I'm going to open these doors as many as I can and I'm going to suggest people and I'm going to recommend people, and um, so I can imagine the type of, you, it sounds like, and I didn't even know this, even though you're my sister-in-law, I didn't even know that you sound like the type of HR person I've always dreamed of, because I, I have always had the impression that the HR person is the one who knows where all the jobs are right right within the company right and when one person leaves and this job is open um even though we post the job i always felt like the hr people should be the people saying hey you know what let me contact so and so in 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 this department because i'm looking at their background and their skill set and they might they might be interested in this job you know being proactive as opposed to just waiting for someone to fill the position so if i'm looking at you 
and you're the HR person, and then I have a um, uh, uh, an active manager, and they're like, and they know about the same position, then I should be hearing about that from the two of you, right? Saying, hey, Chance, you know, you fit the criteria for this role or whatever. Would you be interested in applying for this job? That's really the impression I've always had of the HR, HR rep or, you know, HR administrator. And so when I see some of these companies and I see, like, the HR department is, like, totally clueless. And I'm talking about pretty big companies and corporations now. And then now they have all these designations and, you know, and I'm like, okay, so, you know, what's up? You know, whole departments get laid off and you guys don't know where to put these people? Like, what's the point in having all this information if you don't know how to kind of shift us around? Right? Well, I, think, I think that sometimes it's... I, I think that we're in an area era now that, unfortunately, that from what you said, that would be our perfect world. You would get yeah. the best pool of people. You know, um, every place I've worked, the HR um, division is now somewhere distant, way out somewhere. You know, you don't know. Um, you you can't there you can't outsource. even talk to them. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like send your message and so on and so on. Um, and that's where I think the problem comes into because internally, you know, the the job pool is being um, almost filtered by the local management team, and then the HR person is actually creating the requisite without. Mm -hmm the HR person really creating the requisite. The re requisite is created by the local person. They just doing part two of it and the person internally has already got their person. They're going to move it this way and they have missed the opportunity because they want a specific, specific person, person over here. Oh, okay. And this is how we get to this more of a uh, a streamline of discrimination, you know, and we we speak of of well, how many Paulas do we have in the world? Because you are so fantastic, you know. Hell, can I clone you? You know what I mean? Because I want you to sit beside me and work, you know, and and, and school people that I work with, you know, because I think people are just not um, in tune with things that they should just either speak up about or even um, have the basic knowledge. And I'm going to back it back to women of color because we have a responsibility too. And when I say a responsibility, a responsibility to um, own our position is something that's not being done fair or equitable. There are channels that we must seek to express our concerns. You know, um, I can tell you, in plenty of jobs I work, that's the chitter-chatter in the corner, and I'm mad at you, Paula. You see what I'm saying? It's right. never said. You know what I mean? I'm going to still train your ass, but I'm pissed. You know? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm pissed. Yeah. And in, in, in actuality, it is not your fault. It is not your fault. Are you supposed because to say you, no to you're the job? Not, you, you're, supposed to, you're supposed to take your, your, your food off your plate and you have no control over that? 
when actually the person that set the whole dynamic up is the person that's responsible for this. Now you're put in a bad position. I'm, I'm pissed, but I have done nothing about it. And it sets up a, a, a world of divisiveness. You, you see what I'm saying? So yes. um, that's what I would like to ask you next. Have you been put in positions of being um, almost a position of discomfort by uh, trying to connect with women of color? Um, yes, I actually have. And, it, and it's not been in the workplace. So I kind of want to separate work and personal. That's good. You, know, you talked about work and um I believe, I just wanted one comment on that, I believe that as an HR professional, it is up to us to get out and meet the people mm -hmm. and interact and find out what you want to do because when I find out what makes you tick and what you're good at, by putting you in that position, exactly. the whole company's going to thrive. Yes. The market will increase. The, the human capital is the most important part of the, the biggest expense in any company. So yeah. why would an HR person sit in their office and not get out and interact with exactly. people? And I, I, I have extreme compassion, and, and so I, I, I listened, 
and I, I slowly started to build a rapport with these ladies. Mm-hmm. Now, since then, we, we meet twice a month, mm-hmm. and we talk about things that we have in common. The topics are self-care, Damn. family, and, and we've created, now it's almost as if we don't see the color in each other at all. There's okay. no anger. And okay. I was able to share with them what I do in the workplace, mm-hmm. and I've had, you know, my black sisters call me and say, hey, can you help me with my workplace problems or my issues. I'm having some problems talking to my manager. How do I get myself noticed? And now it's almost like we've got this great relationship. Yes. Well, and that's, and I'm going to tag on to that because you said a, a big thing. Being able to have a relatable subject that you can connect on. Connect. Yeah. Because, um, I wanted to laugh at first. It's not funny, but when you said that they was going, you know, they Going ham on you. Um, And I'll kind of explain it. You know, I think that two things happen. One is we have our white um, sister sitting over here silent, saying nothing, you know. And then you say, hmm, why aren't you saying anything? Don't you feel the pain that we're going through? Don't you feel my hurt? Do you understand this has been going on for ever in the day? Then you have my other sister sitting over here saying, I feel your pain. What can I do to help you? Well, are you genuine? Are you really? Because you have more privileges than me. So it's like, can I believe you? And I think that from what you said, you hit it on the nail, Paula, is um, I think being able to probably start a conversation of relatable things. And then I think the conversation can lead into talking about topics that are touchy, like George Floyd. You know what I mean? These things are very painful. You didn't cause George, George Floyd's death. You know what I mean? I didn't cause it either. But... My black son is subject to being harassed by the police, even killed by the police. Um, But who's to say that you are part, no one knows you personally. You have a blended family. You know what I mean? Right. So so you have black children. You know what I mean? So not knowing you automatically puts somebody on the defense and they don't even know you. You know, so... That's the point where conversations where we're all sisters, starting a conversation off in a way that we're relatable, then we can start talking about it. I think more of the silence is where the problem is. Right. We have to talk. And and you're speaking up, and I think um, one of the other points that you hit is what are our commonalities? Mm -hmm. So one of the reasons why... I told Kimmy that I wanted to invite you to our conversation when she talked about speaking to our Caucasian sister. And I was like, well, Paul and I are the same age. You just got remarried and you were engaged at the time. And I was remarried a few years ago. And Kimmy is also um, in her second marriage. So regardless of the time frame, we have all been single mothers. Right? Mm-hmm. Regardless of our socioeconomic status, 
we were all single mothers, right? <laughs> so right. that right there is a commonality. And exactly. it can be, and it's a struggle. And here we are now, the three of us, also having blended families. Blended families. Which can be a struggle within itself. Yes. And yes. so, um, and I, I was a product of blended family. I became a blended family when I married the first time, and I'm a blended family now. So I know what it's like. You know what it's like. And Kimmy knows what it's like. But that was the basis of the invitation to you. Mm -hmm. Now, even though you're my sister-in-law, and we've had many conversations, and we visited with each other, we never got down deep. So when I shared what we wanted to talk about and invited you to the podcast, and then we kind of were talking about the things, and I knew you worked in HR, but I, you know, you just never know when someone just says, you know, a high level, like I work in HR, the company could be really small with 10 employees, or it could be very large. But you're like a super HR executive. I know. When you were talking and telling me about it, I'm like, oh, she's like an HR executive. But it goes to show how, even though we connected prior to this, that it's not about position. I connected with you, not just because, you know, of, of my brother, but I connected with you because we just connected. Our personality seemed to jive. We had so much in common. And, you know, it's like, wow, okay. And at, the end of the day, and at the end of the day, that's what we all have. What we have do so we have? much more in common than we don't. <laughs> and I think that, right. I, I think that, um, you know, even when I look at TV now, Paula and Chauncey, um, and I was saying to Chauncey, I listen to podcasts, I li listen to um, alternative media um, outlets. I think that the people that are just swayed over here in their own mindset that in in a bowl of hatred and just um, doing whatever they want to do now and fueled on hell and how are they asking on fire. I, I think that like with anything, even when you were a child, if you do not give these people attention, you know what I mean, then they have to Go somewhere, go somewhere else. else. You know somewhere. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I, I think that we have to start working towards that. We have to really start working towards that. Because um, at the end of the day, we have more in common than we don't. You know? And this is the conversation that we should be having with our sisters. We should be having with our children. You know, all of this is based in our homes. And we should be able to have these kind of conversations. Now, y'all are sisters-in-law. And y'all had, this conversation was deep today. Right. So, you have to talk about everything. Menopause, breakdown, everything. Eric make you sick and, you know, all that. You know, really make her sick. You know what I mean? Keith make me sick. You know all of that is no it's open for anything because the wall is down now you know there is nothing that we can't talk about because we feel comfortable now we know that we have things that we struggle with and we should be able to say hey I just don't feel comfortable with this you know I'm I'm struggling with this you know and I should be able to say to you Paula how do you feel about it because your opinion is valuable 
if I'm hurting, that doesn't mean that you're not hurting too. Because you're right. hurting too looking at me hurt. Mm-hmm. You, you yes. see what I'm saying? And I think that this is where we are, um, this, there's a major disconnect. Don't get me wrong. I know it's a bowl of fools over here. <laughs> and and, and I, I'm going to be honest. I, I think that those people who have racist intent that, you know, I, uh, Jesus take care of them. I mean, because... Yes. But there's a lot of good people, and even when the first time I talked to you, you are my sister, Chauncey is my sister, and um, we had a great conversation today. So um, I really want to close this out with thanking you, Paula, for um, everything you brought to this episode today. I think it was a wealth of knowledge, and I can't wait to get the feedback. And I'm going to let Chauncey take over and give her <laughs> feedback. But I am overwhelmed with happiness on on this episode because I think it's so overdue. And I thank you. Yeah, I, um, well, you know I love you. And I, I thank you for, for coming on and, and, and sharing um, what you've experienced. I am still slightly curious, however, because... Um, you started with your professional life, but oh, we'll yeah. have to definitely g- dig a little deeper into why you're such a woke, why you're such a woke white sister. I'm I just know. trying to figure that out. You can tell us one more. You can, you can squeeze in one more thing. We have a little bit more time. Tell us why you're yeah, such a because, woke. So you know, was it you know because. Like you said, I think we had a conversation one time when you were just kind of like, yeah, you know, I didn't really go to school with a lot of, you know, black kids and stuff like that. So I'm like, so how is someone who had no exposure, not afraid, like people who haven't had exposure but are terrified? Like, how how is it both? Like, How does it work like that? Yeah, yes. so you were telling me one time about you running track. You You were a runner. Yes, so I um, I didn't I didn't interact with anyone black until I was 16 years old. Right. Always, and it wasn't intentional. It just my where I grew up. I was in the suburbs. My parent, you know, I just never had that exposure. Okay. In fact, I had the opposite where I was told, "Don't go into those neighborhoods after dark because you'll there's black people." Okay. So I there was that fear that a little bit in my head because that's. That's all I knew. Okay. And it wasn't until I was I was literally the fastest girl in my high school <laughs> from uh, track. I ran track and I was a sprinter. And um, my claim to fame in life. <laughs> but um, I made all county, so I was you know I was doing really well in my sport, and um, I was excelling. And so to the point to where I made um, all CIF in the state championships okay. in California, and I was asked to compete in Los Angeles. And specifically, oh. I was in uh, Long Beach, Compton, yeah, and areas of on diversity, right? All right, now. All right. <laughs> so I show up for my race, and I'm feeling confident because, I, you know, I've been beating everybody and winning. And all of a sudden, there's all, I was the only white girl in the race. <laughs> the only one. The and now black girls can run. I was intimidated, but, you know, for that reason. Okay. Um, all of my black sisters there were, they were built, muscular, like really strong. And, and Paula's I was a skinny oh, she, she's petite. Oh, is she? Petite. <laughs> I'm, I'm a petite 
little one, you know. So I was I was fearful, and and we didn't we were all uncomfortable with each other. I think initially, right. okay. and we didn't speak. And it was only after a few times of coming together that we gradually started talking about like our snacks. We shared snacks. Okay. We started talking about school. Well, about what, do our, do what are we going to have for dinner? Because mm-hmm. I'm starving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, the commonality, I tell and you. <laughs> we talked about the sport, and 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 we respected. I felt like it was a relationship that was earned out of respect because we were all athletes. Okay. And I admired what they brought to the table. They admired what I brought to the table. Okay. And I thought it was the coolest thing to get to know people that were different than me. And I, it was the first time my eyes were open to the fact that there is a whole world of people out there and, yes. and really interesting, unique people that I wanted to get to know. And then after that, I was curious. You and I just, hooked. I extended myself. Now, how did, how was that accepting with your family? Because I, because of how I do know you, I could see you going back home and being super excited and sharing what you, what you found out. I, it, I was. I went home and I was I was super excited and I was told initially I was like a little excited. Right. I was, you know, it was gradual, right? Because right. I come home every day right. and I share some stories and I was told, okay, but just be careful. Okay. You know, and, and, and don't don't be there after dark. You know, after your meet's over, hurry up and get your stuff and get to the bus. So it was more about your location and not about the people. Right. So and okay. when I mentioned the people, I was just it was like, oh, Oh, you know, okay. it was just more of a, there wasn't a negative reaction. Okay, it was yes. Just, you know, I said, hey, you know, these ladies are, these girls, at the right. time we were 16, I said, they're amazing, and they're so athletic, and right. I, I'm just, you know, in awe right. of <laughs> their talents, and what they, you know, what they've shown me up, I mean, they beat me, I, right. I didn't last long. Okay. <laughs> but, um. I, so I, I did share that with my family, and it was it wasn't there was, it wasn't met with any negativity or anything. It oh, was good. just more about oh okay okay, and um, and then I just went on to just like I said seek out people that were different from me of all races because I, I just found it fascinating, yeah. and I, I, I I still to this day right. I don't I believe we have to act with intention and get out there and meet different people because mm-hmm. if we sit around with people that look like us act like us are like us. We're not growing. No, we're not. And I think that that's the other thing about um, being mindful about when we say we don't see color. Mm -hmm. I think we need to be careful because I need you to see my color. Mm -hmm. Yes. See, really, I need you to see my color. I I need you to see my color to know that that's who I am and that's who you like and that's who you care about. I mean, I I get the point when people say, oh, I don't see color. But we need to see color. Right, because that's my culture. It's it's, my my culture. I'm bringing something to the table because being people of color comes with a story. Because with my color, you've got to understand, comes my suffering. And if you can't see my see my color, you can't see my suffering. Or my joy. Right, because you have to, you know, I don't know if you're hearing this, Paula, where um, people are putting reparations on the table and I even hear people of color saying don't even talk about it because we're not going to get it so on and so on I, I really don't entertain the, the actual monetary or anything like that but I do listen to the simple fact of um, how it came to be the topic of free labor 400 years slavery you know what I mean is always going to be a painful 
topic yeah. to people of color. Um, because any other nationality in this country that has had some type of suffering, they were um, compensated. compensated. Mm -hmm. And black, people of color, we have not been. Um, and that's why I think understanding the plight that someone goes through is a way to open up the door of communicating with them and being able to start a relationship with them. I'm not asking for you to take on my suffering. I'm asking for you to be able to hear my suffering and be able to understand it. And that, and it's not, you know, not saying you directly, Paul, you know, but I'm just saying to empathize, to, to empathize with the role that I am traveling and the role that I've been on, you know, because like Chauncey said, we have so many things that are in common, blended families, we've been single moms, we've been married before, you know, and then we have things that we have to get to know about each other because we are coming from different cultures, you know, and I don't have to share that with you because you've seen it in a different aspect, but by me telling you, it's awareness and it's education and that builds respect. You know, so um, I think that's a, 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 a eye-opening type of experience. And just to hear that, you know, you haven't um, let that stop you from being the well-rounded person that you are. And that's awesome. You know, that's really awesome. Because I believe that the more people hear the Paul is in the world the less we'll hear of the Karen and the Beckys in the world. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the Paula will be the good names. The Paula will be the good names. You know. Well, and, and, you know, I appreciate what you guys are saying because I think that a lot of times as a, as a white woman, um, I would say I don't see color and it doesn't mean that I don't uh, want to hear what you've been through or I don't right. want to understand. It's more about I see us as e as, as equal, and I hear, what, but I also hear what you're saying too. Yeah. So it's it's just differences of perception, right. and what I have found in just seeking out conversations um, with my uh, black brothers and sisters is more listening to stories so that we so that I can be more compassionate. Right. Um, we, I was recently at a, our church has decided that they want to create more diversity and they allowed everybody to share their story. You know, everyone in the church that was they had a panel of black church members and the stories that they told were unbelievable. One wow. particular man was a member of the YMCA and could not go to certain gyms. Of they course. didn't. They were segregated. The mm -hmm. YMCA. So anyhow, things like that. Right. I learned, and I say, oh my gosh! It just again, it just keeps it fresh. That right. this is real. This but is not. Yeah, but you know, it, it, it shows. Show. It shows how genuine you are. Right. And, <laughs> um, and it shows that you've always been that way. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but it also presents to us that even though you were raised in a in an area in a suburb where there weren't many people of color mm -hmm. you still didn't have this fear how fear is placed in you mm -hmm. about us as opposed to you having a natural fear right. so you have the curiosity to get to know different people and to be around others um and so 
you know, kudos to your parents for right. fostering that in you, mm -hmm. um, or should I say even not squashing it, you know, not, yes. not, not killing that part about you as well. And right. so, you know, look at what it's done for you. So I'm, I'm super proud to call you sister. And, and I call you um, sister. Too. <laughs> I'm super um, proud to call you sister too. And it was, a, it was a beautiful, beautiful wedding. And so we'll definitely have to talk about that later. But the pictures are beautiful. We had a really nice time. And um, thank you for including us in your day. And, um, you know, I love you. I, I love you, and I am so glad that you're a part of our family, as crazy as it may be. So I hope you really don't change your mind after you really find out everything about us. That's funny. But, <laughs> but again. So I, am, I couldn't be happier, and yes. I love you, too. And I, I always have, since the, the day I met you. Yes. I was like, yep. I didn't feel that connection with her. And I just feel it. for sure. For sure, but thank you for, um, like I said, coming in. I'm glad that I got to know this part about you, about your professional life, about how you are, you know, quietly fighting for us, but not also quietly because I've seen the pictures of you at the rallies with Eric and you marching yep. and stuff like that. So you are putting your money where your mouth is. Amen. And so um, I thank you for that because I know it cannot be that easy. And like I said, we don't have enough time to go deeper into more of your background. But again, being of privilege, but still using it the right way. Mm -hmm. um, privilege given to you, privilege that you might have just because of your skin color. And you don't take that for granted. You, you know, and I appreciate that. And I thank you. Mm -hmm. And so um, we thank you for being here we with us today. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's, oh, it was such a pleasure. I'm so honored that you, um, that you selected me for this this opportunity to share my side. It really means a lot to me. So thank you, you both. You Your light welcome. shines through. So it is it, no problem at all. But again, thank you, Paula, so much for being here. Um, we love you. I will be talking to you soon. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, we will definitely have you back. <laughs> yes, we'll definitely okay. have love you back. You all yes. right. So you have a wonderful, wonderful evening. Thank you so much. My best to the kids. And uh, we'll talk soon. Okay. Okay. Right, Take care. We'll talk Take care. soon. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. Okay. So, and you know that 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 was awesome. That, that was, was really really yeah, a good that, conversation. That was an awesome conversation. I am sorry that it um. Well, we're talkers, so we could probably go on for hours, but yeah. um. I hope that you kind of got a gist of what we were trying to touch on here. I mean, we can't solve world hunger in a day, mm -hmm. but um, we just wanted to bring in a different perspective. And really, this is kind of like our first podcast. You know, the other um, the episode was just like an introduction or whatever. But I think that this was more so um, a good way to start things off. Mm -hmm. And um, we have a lot of good topics that we, we sure want to talk did. about this season and um, again we're not trying to come from from a point of view where everything is so stiff we're, we're trying to make sure that um, we're being our organic selves with you and that we're coming from a place where we're, we're being honest but also not trying to hurt anyone and 
Um, also bring people who have information to share mm -hmm. and who are professionals in their field. Um, and sometimes it might be by surprise, sometimes it <laughs> might be scripted. Right. But again, just sharing with you uh, about Paula that um, I just wanted to have her on just to, to have her be relatable, you know, from a different point of view. But having so many things in common, not knowing about her in-depth um, career in human resources and mm -hmm. the statistics she was able to, to bring to the table. And um, she just had a really a wealth of knowledge. And mm -hmm. so um, we thank you for tuning in. We thank you for being here. And um, it will get better as each episode progresses. We'll Absolutely. get a little bit better. And of course, you guys will tell us what we need to do discuss or give us your feedback and let us know how you feel um you know on our next episode we are uh looking to tackle in a in a, in a small way but in an open honest way mental health in our community Mm -hmm. um, what it looks like, um, what our women are going through, not just in the midst of COVID, but prior to what was happening and how COVID has made it better or made it worse, how we're dealing with working from home, how we're dealing with mm -hmm. uh, children being at home and, um, mm -hmm. you know, what that looks like and them possibly not going back to school for mm -hmm. several months or going and then having to stay home again because the COVID numbers are going up so um we we would like to um invite you to come back mm -hmm. and again if you have any specific questions or concerns that we can kind of look through um, we would like to address that in our next podcast so we look forward to to being with you and thank you for inviting us in bye, -bye.